Would you repeat three words after me? Say this. Say, communication is key. Communication is key. Watching online, type communication is key in the comments right now. Because it is. Communication, whether it's in leadership, whether it's in your, your job, whether it's in your family, a relationship with your kids, right, Jake? Communicate, yeah, that's right. Communication is key in your marriage, right? And not just talking. Like, communication is talking and? Yes, listening. You're listening. It's talking and listening. Let's be honest. We got the talking part down, don't we? I mean, we're, we're not, we're good at the talking part. I've shared this before, but it's always good to learn stats. Guys, watching online, guys in the room, stats say that we, as guys, speak like average of 7,000 words a day. Now, that's a lot, it seems like to me. But, but ladies, it's nothing compared to you. Because stats tell us that the gals speak 15,000 words words a day with gusts up to 20,000. Okay? Seriously, it's it's a lot. So, but so we got the talking down. But what about the listening? Are we listening? How many how many here raise your hand if you know somebody who just is not a good listener? Okay. Yeah. Don't point. Don't 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 shrug. I mean, no, none of that, but yeah. Yes. L- listening is such a big deal. True story. Last week we're in my home and because that's where I like to hang out. So uh, we're in my house, and uh, my wife is like, she makes this comment, just kind of a flippant comment. She's like, gosh, hopefully, uh, hopefully nothing delays my flight tomorrow. And I'm like, what? Your flight? I said, are you going somewhere? She's like, yes. She goes, I'm flying out to Arizona for business. I'm like, what are you? I said, how is this the first time I'm hearing about this? She's like, sweetie, I've been talking about it for weeks. And then Ava, my six-year-old, chimes in. Yeah, Dad, literally she's been talking about it for the last month. I said, Ava, you know what? I've been talking to you for the last month about cleaning the bathroom. Get upstairs, okay? You know what? No one asked for your opinion. So, but I I had no idea. And my wife would have probably told me about that. But are we listening? We're in a series, I told you this, I'm going to tell you again, called Bold Prayer and Big Dreams. Big Dreams... And bold prayer. Here's the thing. And by the way, the center of this series is, is it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that started last Sunday. So now if you're just joining us for the first time today and, and you missed the first week, don't even pray. Listen, if you can't put in 21 days, it, I'm just kidding. You can, you're like, what? No, you can start today. So it is 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this, 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 series is so critical to what God is doing. But what I want you to understand is prayer isn't just like talking to God. It's, it's, it's listening to God. And, and, and people will say to me as a pastor all the time, they'll be like, God never speaks. I never hear from God. How do you get a word from God? I tell them God's speaking all the time. God is speaking all the time. The question is, will we slow down enough to hear it? So God speaks. You know, I'll give you some quick ways God speaks. God speaks through other people. God speaks through your circumstances. You're going to see that today. God speaks through his Holy Spirit. God speaks, and the number one way I think he speaks is through his word. Through the word of God. I always say, when you open the word of God, God opens his mouth. When you open the word, God opens his mouth. God speaks, but here's the thing. The reason why I think sometimes I don't hear from God is I'm not hearing what I'm expecting. We have it in our head the way we want God to answer our prayers, don't we? I've said this before too. This will blow you away. 
It's hard to hear from God when you've already determined what you want him to say. It, it, is, it is hard to hear from God when you've determined the, the, the word that you want to get. It's almost impossible. And here's the thing. What we normally want, and I'm just going to say it because it's all over God's word and I'll show you that. What we normally ask for is kind of an easier path than what God might have for us. And so when God tells us to do something, I'm like, ah, that's uncomfortable. Ah, that doesn't, that's not going to be right. It, we'll push back on God. But, but let me ask you a question. How many, how many occurrences in the word of God does God give someone an assignment that's easy? Okay, I'll answer for you. Zero. Zero. Hey, hey, hey Mary. Mary, I know you're a teenager, and I know you're like, you know, you're on your way to chemistry class right now, but hey, real quick. Mary, the Holy Spirit's going to fall on you. You're going to conceive a child. In fact, you'll give birth to the Son of God. Okay? Mary's like, I just, I'm just trying not to be tardy. What? I mean, uh, Noah. Noah, hey, Noah, you're a righteous guy. Noah, do me a favor. Build a big boat. I'm on it, God. I'm on it. Wait, wait. What, what's a boat? Okay, okay. Noah's a boat. It, it's a big structure. It's going to float in water. And after I send the rain, it's, it's going to be a lot. Okay, God, I got it. Wait, wait. what's rain? Okay, this is going to take a while. I mean, they had no concept of what God was even talking about. It was far from easy. It was, see, if you want God to speak, like if you ask God to speak to you, be careful because he might. And when he does, it probably won't be easy what he tells you. I just want you to know that. And, 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 but, but, but you can do this. We can do this together. I wrote this down. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say something real quick, even before I get into this message. I believe that there's somebody watching online or somebody in the room where, as I talk about prayer or we talk about prayer together, that you've literally given up on prayer. You've given up on talking to God. Some of you, you maybe have given up even on if there is a God listening. And I just need to tell you something. There is. He's listening. He loves you. And he cares. So let, let's, let's set that precedent right now. And we've said something in this, in this series. And I, I need you to understand how powerful prayer is. I wrote it down last week. I'm going to give it to you again. Who you and I become is determined by how we pray. Who you become will be determined by how you pray. Let me up the ante. Not just by how you pray, but, but, but how you speak to God, how you listen to God, and get this, what you do after he speaks. What you do after he speaks, because he will speak to you. He, he's not gonna, he doesn't want to hide it from you. He wants to speak boldly to you, clearly to you. I promise you, today's going to get nuts. I'm preaching to you out of the book of Acts. We preached there last week as well. Acts 10. If you got a Bible or a mobile app, go there so you can take notes. God's going to speak to you. I want you to write it down. Acts 10, it's insane. The story that we're going to go on a journey together, that, that we're going we're to tell today, it, it, I believe it's, it's the most pivotal story in the entire book of Acts. And you might think, oh, it's going to be the ascension, right? In Acts 1, when Jesus gives his final words and he ascends into heaven. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, I bet it's like when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and God sends the Spirit. Nope. Those are epic moments. Don't get me wrong. What we're going to learn today in Acts 10, I believe this is the most pivotal moment in the church, in the early church and in the entire book of Acts. And I guarantee it's a story that maybe you've you never even heard of. It's okay. That's why we're in it together today. It's crazy. Acts 10, we, I hope you're ready for a journey. God's going to speak to you. 
Acts 10, verse 1. Let me set this up really quick. So, so Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus hung out for like 50 days, and then he, uh, in Acts like 1, he ascends. He, he literally goes up into the clouds. He sits at the right hand of the Father right now at this moment as I pray, as I speak to you, as I preach to you. That's where he physically is, and he sends his Holy Spirit. So Acts 10, this is about a decade after that. This is 10 years after that, just so you understand the context. Remember what Jesus said. All right, guys, go into all the world, reach people, tell them about me and all the nations. All right, you got it. 10 years later, here we are. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman officer named Cornelius. He's a captain of the Italian regiment. He's a devout, God-fearing man. As, everyone, as was everyone in his household. That's key. Don't miss that. He gave generously to the poor. He prayed. Well, here it comes. He prayed regularly to God. Do not miss that. He prayed regularly to God. One afternoon. It was like every other afternoon that he prayed. But this one, it was different. One afternoon about three o'clock, he has a vision in which he sees an angel of God coming toward him. Can you imagine? He's freaking. He's like, and, and the angel speaks and says, Cornelius. And Cornelius stares in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. The angel says, your prayers, say prayers. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. In other words, Cornelius, I know this seems like every other day that you prayed. Every other afternoon. But all of a sudden, an angel shows up. It's why I wrote down, you are one prayer away from a totally different life. He had no idea that this would, be, that this would happen. But he did it every day. He prayed regularly. God's listening. God hears. I don't know what he's going to do. You don't need to know. You just need to trust that he's listening. And he will speak. God shows up and speaks through this angel. And then, and then the angel says, now send some men to Jaffa, Another little city. I'll show you that in a second. And summon a man named Simon Peter. You know Simon Peter, one of Jesus' uh, main disciples. Summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with another guy named Simon, popular name. A tanner who lives near the seashore. Now let me pause. Because right now somebody's thinking, oh my gosh. He was a tanner? Like they got paid just to soak up the sun? Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. But when I say tanner, it was like a guy that works with leather, okay? Tanning leather. I just gotta, gotta clarify, okay? You don't want to take things for granted. Verse 7. As soon as the angel leaves, look what Cornelius does. He calls two of his household servants and a devout soldier one of his personal attendants. He tells them what happened, what the angel said, and then he sends them off to Jaffa. So he listens to God. God spoke through the angel, and then he moved. And he immediately does what the angel said. Now understand something. Well, this is insane what God is saying. It makes no sense that he would follow up and do this. Why? Cornelius, remember who he is? He's a Roman officer. He's a Gentile. That's what most of you and, and, and I, were. that's a non-Jewish person. So he's a Gentile in, in the Roman army. Peter is a, a devout Jew, a follower of, of, in this Christian cult, following the way. So, so all, they don't hang out, okay? 
They, you don't put them together. They're not making Super Bowl plans. They're not, they're not friends. They're not even Facebook friends. You know, friends you can not even know and your friends. They're not even that. They're not any of that. And I'm sure the attendant and the, and the other soldiers are like, Cornelius, what are you thinking? You want us to go where? And you want us to talk to who? I mean, dude, dude, I think Cornelius, I think he ate some bad pizza or something. I don't know. He's part of the Italian regiment, so that's why we think it might have been bad pizza. But it wasn't bad pizza. It wasn't bad pizza. It was a word from the Lord. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, pastor. Why is it such a big deal? Why are you making such a big deal about a Jew and a Gentile hanging out? I mean, you just got done telling us 10 years earlier, Jesus said, hey, Guys, go reach everybody everywhere. Jew, Gentile, Samaritan, it don't matter anymore. Go reach it. Remember 10 years ago, Jesus said, go to the ends of the earth. Well, well, certainly, pastor, they made it farther than Judea. Certainly by now it's gotten way past Jerusalem, the good news. I mean, this is a decade later. Let's see how far they've gotten. I have a map I want to show you. The map, there it is. So you see the journey in Acts 10. Uh, Caesarea is where Cornelius is, right? right? Gentile. Uh, Jaffa is where Peter is. And then you see travel through Lydda, but then you see Jerusalem. So, so literally, from Jerusalem to where Peter made it, it, it's probably 25 miles. In 10 years, the gospel, through Peter anyway, has traveled 25 miles. Way to go, Peter! Way to take it to the ends of the earth. I mean, you really made an impact. That's how far they made it. Don't miss this. We, we tend to think, oh, I bet, you know, six months later it was everywhere. No, no, no. That's why you need to understand how crazy, because this is such context for the story. So leave that, well, yeah, we'll go back to that map maybe in a second, but let me continue with scripture. So, verse 9. So the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter now, Peter, we go to his story. He's up on a roof. I don't know why he's up there. That's just his prayer place. He's on a flat roof praying. Go figure. So Cornelius was praying. An angel shows up. Peter's praying, which he regularly did, morning, noon, and night. And it was about noon. Peter's hungry. Maybe he's fasting like some of us are. But while a meal was being prepared, <clears throat> excuse me, Peter falls into a trance. In the trance, he sees this vision, you guys. It's insane. The sky opens up, the Bible says. The sky opens up, and something like a large sheet is let down by its four corners, like a bed sheet. And, and in the sheet, there's all kinds of animals and, and birds and reptiles. It's just a weird vision. <clears throat> then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter. Kill him and eat him. Peter's next response to the vision is what? No, Lord. Okay, Peter, <laughs> those are two words that shouldn't go together, okay? I'm just saying, you made this mistake before, Peter. You don't say no to the Lord, but he did. <clears throat> he says, no, Lord, I've never eaten anything <clears throat> that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. So, so Peter, like, rebukes the Lord. Now, before we get on Peter too much, and we're like, you know what, it, 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 Peter, you're such a sinner. You need to understand something about the Jewish law. It's all Peter ever knew. See, if there's something that represents the covenant, the, the, the old covenant between God and the Jewish people, well, the first thing, that, the, the biggest thing that probably represents it was circumcision. 
But right behind circumcision was the dietary laws. It was a big deal. So to get Peter to all of a sudden just have a vision and be like, oh, okay, I'll break all the rules I've ever known. I mean, how many of you know that when you're in a habit of doing something, it's, it can be tough. Like, like my mom tells me a story. When we moved, I was born in Montana. That's how I got my name, by the way. So thank you. Appreciate that. I was born in Montana, but I don't remember it. Because I was only two when we moved. So we moved to a small town um, outside of, uh, or in South Dakota. So when I was two, um, you're not going to hardly believe this. Some of you won't even understand this concept when I tell you. When we moved to the farm, we didn't have running water. Okay? What do you mean running water? No, no. Okay. Running, like when you go and turn your sink on and water's just there, that's running water. Okay? I know it's just there now, but for us, it wasn't just there. Like we literally had to go to a pump and, and pump the water. I mean, it was like we were living in biblical times. Man, it was abused, you guys. It was terrible. Anyway, so I don't really remember it, but my, my, I, my mom tells me. So, but we had to go get the water. And that also meant that when we went to the bathroom, you know where we went? An outhouse. I know. It's like little house on the prairie. I mean, do you know what an outhouse? Okay, the bathroom ain't in the house. It's out the house, okay? It's a little shack. You go in there and there's a hole. Well, certainly there's more. No, there's a hole. Okay, that is it. That is it. So here's, this, here's the funny part. We eventually, after we moved there, quickly after that, we got running water. Praise God, he's so good to us. My mom tells the story how little Monty, he wasn't the brightest guy. So even though we had a, a heated bathroom and running water, on a cold day like today, I'd open the door when I had to go to the bathroom and walk out to the outhouse. And because it's all I knew. And God, I hope I didn't do that long, because that's dumb. But anyway, that's what my mom tells me. Monty, he was so cute. You, what do you mean he was cute? Probably almost died out there. So, but I didn't, it's all I knew. So I couldn't get in the habit of doing what I was, this new thing. I mean, it's all Peter knew. It is all he knew. So, and that's why God kept repeating the vision. Watch what the word says. The voice speaks again. By the way, it's not like you've ever fought with God, right? It's not like you've ever rebuked God and said no to God, right? By the, or argued with God. And by the way, when you argue with God, if you win the argument, you lose. Just so you know. You win that argument, you lose. Back to the scripture. A voice spoke again. Peter, don't call something unclean if, if I, if God has made it clean. The same vision, this, this sheet and the sheet and the animals, and it repeats itself three times. And then the sheet is suddenly pulled up into heaven. Repeat after me. Say, holy sheet. Careful. Okay, so holy sheet. The sheet goes back up into heaven, and it's crazy. So Peter, he's perplexed. The Bible even says that. You might be thinking, why does God keep repeating the vision over and over? Because he had to. Because, because it took that much for Peter, and Peter still didn't quite get it. But understand something. God is so patient with us. Like, God was desperate for Peter to know. Peter, it's okay. I know you've never heard this before, and you would never touch this before. You would never eat this, but I'm giving you a new command. I'm doing something new, and I'll, I'll show you again and again. See, we, we tend to think, well, God's just trying to hide my purpose or hide my will. God doesn't want to hide anything from you. God wants to write your purpose right out in front of you. God wants to show you what he has for you. God wants, he wants to make it so clear and repeat it over and over. I'll say it this way. God, wa God wants, God wants to answer your prayers maybe more than you want them answered. God wants to move in your life. 
God, he's not trying to hide anything from you. He wants to get you where you want to go more than you want to get there. Think about that. And think about this. What if we did what they did in the Bible? I mean, don't you think we'd experience what they experienced? We talk about miracles today. It, it, this, is, this is the same God that they serve, we serve. So three times he's showing Peter. Peter's perplexed in verse 17. What could the vision mean? Just then, men sent by Cornelius, remember these guys are coming to Jaffa, down to Jaffa, to Simon's house. They're standing at the gate. They ask a man named Simon Peter, or they ask if a man named Simon Peter is staying there. Meanwhile, uh, Peter's all flustered and puzzled up on the roof, praying the vision, the sheet, the, the food, whatever. And the Holy Spirit speaks and says, hey, Peter, three of the guys, there's three guys down, downstairs that are looking for you. Think how God's plan comes together. These guys here, these guys here, praying here, praying here. I've sent them. Don't worry, I've sent them. Go downstairs. Uh, go with them without hesitation. People would say, oh gosh, what a crazy coincidence. You know, what, you, you know what I tell you about coincidences? Do you know when coincidences happen in my life? When I pray. That's when coincidence, coincidences happen for me. When I don't pray, they don't happen. I'm, that's just my story. Verse 21. So Peter, listen, <clears throat> he goes downstairs he says, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you guys come? And they said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout, God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. An angel instructed him to summon you to his house. So you're supposed to like come with us back to Caesarea to hear a message. <clears throat> so Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day, Peter goes with them, accompanied by some of his brothers, back to Jaffa. So they go to Ces from Caesarea, they go down, they get Peter from Jaffa. Now they're heading back up to Caesarea. They arrive in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. The next verse, again, probably the most pivotal moment in the church and in the book of Acts is this. As Peter entered the home, there it is. How come you're not gasping? I don't know. You know why that's so pivotal? What Peter just did, entering into their home, it, well, for one thing, it's immoral. It, it, it's, it, it's wrong. It's illegal. Like, up to this point, I, I even wrote it down. Up to this point, the way to God was through Judaism. That's how it was. There's no Gentiles, no non-Jews in the mix at all. Ten years later, none. You don't go into a Gentile's home. Cornelius and Peter were never supposed to meet, ever. Never should have happened. Why did it? What set it up? Prayer. Cornelius prayed what? Regularly. Peter prayed when? Morning, noon, and night. Cornelius is praying one afternoon. Boom, God shows up and speaks. By chance, Peter is praying on top of a roof. God shows up and speaks. And, and, and that's not even the kicker. The kicker is what they did after God spoke. Because if they don't move, if, if Cornelius doesn't get his buddies and say, hey, guys, you know what? Go down to Jaffa. Go find a guy named Peter. If you don't do that, we may not be here today, you and I. That's how pivotal this moment is for, 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 for you and for me and for any Gentile out there. It is absolutely insane. They, they pray, they listen, and they move. 
They pray and they listen and they move. We can't just be willing to pray. I need you to start there. I need you to start to just to talk to God. But I don't want you to stop there. I want you to listen. He'll speak, I promise. He'll speak. It, it, it probably won't be through a burning bush. It probably won't be from the, the clouds parting in the sky. But he will speak. But, but, but it can't just stop at prayer. We can't just be willing to pray. We have to be willing to move. If Peter doesn't move, if he stays on the roof and keeps praying, oh God, you're so sovereign. Oh God, you're so good. Oh God, I think, I mean, you showed me a vision of this sheet and this food, but I know that couldn't have been you because that doesn't make any sense to me or my ancestors or my anybody. But no, no, no. He moves. He goes down. He answers the door. He leaves his house. He treks up 30 miles to Caesarea. And he steps foot into Cornelius' house. This is insane. This does not make sense. But yet, that's what he did. And Cornelius, he made the same type of moves to get Peter there. It is crazy. Verse 28, Peter's speaking to them, and he says, by the way, so Peter, remember what he did. He crossed into Cornelius' home. He has a captive audience. A Jewish man following Jesus is, is now in front of all these, these Gentiles, these non-Jews, Oh my gosh, what's Peter going to do? What's he going to say? I bet it's going to be really eloquent and beautiful and grace-filled. Peter, show us how you open the conversation. Peter says, you know, it's against our laws for a Jewish man to even be here, to enter into a Gentile home like this or even associate with you. Wow, Peter, way to, you know, just way to win the crowd. That's awesome. So, but God, but God, God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. I'm going to repeat that again because you need to understand the significance of what Peter just admitted. God has shown me. Finally, now, a decade later, Peter's like, God has just given me a revelation. Like you guys, I mean, I, I am embarrassed to say this, but you're not impure. You're not unclean. I just realized it like, well, literally 15 seconds ago as I stepped over the doorway. God has shown me this. Uh, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now, now why did you send for me? Why, 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 what do you need from me? Peter admits, 10 years after the resurrection, Peter admits, I mean, racism, that's really what it is. It's crazy. But, it, but you, I mean, Peter, it's all he knew. He couldn't, it was amazing. It's all he'd been taught since childhood. And by the way, that, that mentality of Peter, I wrote down that summed up first century attitude towards non-Jews, guaranteed. This is the same Peter that heard from Jesus firsthand. Go into all the world, Peter. Preach to everybody, to the ends of the earth. The, 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 the Peter who heard Jesus teach firsthand. So Cornelius, remember Peter said, well, what do you, okay, I'm here, what's up? And Cornelius goes on to explain the last four days. He's like, dude, four days ago, I'm praying. And this angel shows up and he starts speaking to me and telling me to, to, to go to you. And he's like, told me to go down to where you were and to get you and bring you back here. So I, don't, I just did that. He says, uh, now, we're, so we're, in other words, I just, I just, I prayed to God that one day. And then I listened to the angel. And then I just, I gathered my, my guys and. I mean, I didn't go. I sent them just in case you were to kill them. But I mean, I stayed here. But anyway, whatever. So I sent them and they brought you back. Now we're all here waiting. We're waiting before God to hear, to hear you, Peter. 
to hear the message that I guess God has given you for us. It is crazy. Uh, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to put us in the context of where they were. It is crazy that Cornelius would invite Peter into his home. That's crazy. You know what's even more foolish? That Peter did it. It was crazy to invite him, and it was foolish that Peter, that Peter would cross the threshold into their house. But here's the thing. If you don't, if you don't put yourself in some crazy, foolish situations, you will never experience the awesome, faith-filled moments that God has waiting for you. Do you know what happened? Peter preached the good news, and Cornelius and his family were saved from their sins. They were saved from death. They were saved. It wasn't supposed to happen. But God, and they listened, and they were saved. Every Gentile, that's pretty much us who comes to faith in Jesus Christ. Think about this. You, I'm talking about you. If you're, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Every Gentile from this moment on who comes to faith in Jesus Christ is an answer to prayers prayed by Peter and Cornelius. Everyone. That's how pivotal this moment is to, to, to the message spreading beyond Judea. It took 10 years to go 20 miles. It is epic what's happening right here. Verse 34, then Peter replied, I see very clearly God shows no favoritism. He keeps saying it. It's like he's reminding himself, I see it. I, I mean, I, I realize that you're not un impure. You're not unclean. I, I mean, I can't believe it, but God shows no favoritism. It's all I ever knew. It's what I was taught. It's what my grandparents and great-grandparents and great-grandparents, that's all we knew. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. He finally gets it. It's like Peter's John 3:16 moment. For God so loved the world. Like when God said world, he meant world. Like he didn't just mean Jews, like he meant you guys. And he just didn't mean men, he meant women, he meant children. He didn't just mean white people, he meant black people and all people. He meant everybody. He was serious about all people. Not just people that think they're, they're good or think that they're righteous, but messed up people like you and me. He gets it. I want to read to you the, the seven or eight verses that, 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 that Peter spoke to them. So, so this is the gospel, by the way. This is the good news you're going to get in here. This, is, this was the whole message. The whole, this whole story that you've heard, it comes down to what Peter says right here. This is why the angel spoke to Cornelius that day. This is why the vision was given to Peter that day. This is what it was all about to get to this moment that Peter would cross into their house and they're waiting. They're like, okay, you're supposed to tell us something. Peter, what are you going to tell us? Because don't, we don't know. This is what Peter told them. Verse 36. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel that there is peace with God through Christ. Do you have peace in your life? Is there peace in your family? Is there peace in, your, in the depths of your heart right now? If there's not, praise God you're here. Praise God you're watching. Peter just declared their peace is available through Christ. There's peace through Christ who's Lord of all. 
And, and we apostles like me and John and others were witnesses to all he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. See, they put him to death. They hung him on a cross, talking about Jesus. They hung him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. I said, God raised him to life on the third day. I wonder if he said it just like that. You guys, Cornelius, do you get it? He raised him to life. It's like Jesus was dead and then he was alive. It's nuts. He raised him to life. And then God allowed uh, Jesus to appear, not just to anybody, but to us whom he chose in advance to be witnesses like me and others. We were those who we ate with Jesus, resurrected Jesus. We ate with him and we drank with him after he rose from the dead. It was crazy, you guys. He ordered us to preach everywhere. I mean, I didn't listen to him. I made it 20 some miles in 10 years, but I get it now. I finally understand. He ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of all. It's, it's, it's Jesus. He, he'll judge the living, he'll judge the dead, he'll judge everybody. He is the one all the prophets testified about. He's not just any prophet. He's not just like at the end of the line. He is Jesus. He is the last verse. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone, Peter, that's right, everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. As Peter said that, the Bible says the Holy Spirit literally falls on Cornelius, falls on his family. And church, I pray with the depths in me that that same Holy Spirit is going to fall on you today and that you will experience the same change that, that Cornelius and his family did. It fell on them. Here's what's nuts about the story. Did you catch the fact, like when we first start reading in Acts 10:1? Go back and read it after, after today. Do you remember how they described Cornelius? It said he was a, a God-fearing man. He was a religious guy. He prayed regularly to God. He, he gave to the poor. Do you remember that? That's how they described Cornelius. And yet he was not saved. He didn't have a relationship with Christ. Well, this is why I, I, I tell you every week, you don't go to heaven or you don't have a relationship with Jesus because you're good. Oh, they're a generous person. You can be generous and go to hell. You can do, you can pray regularly and go to hell. There's billions of people that are praying to God right now that will go to hell. Jesus is the key. The Son of God is the key to God. He's the doorway into a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's insane. The whole, you see, the whole story is to save Cornelius. He's a good guy. The dude is right, didn't do anything bad. It said he fears God. He loves God. Yep. And he didn't know Jesus. And that's why he was desperate for it. And that's why he would sit on his couch with his family and be like, Peter, what do you have to tell us? We know you have something. In other words, Peter, we do good things. We love people. We pray all the time. We give to the poor. But there's something dead inside me, Peter. I'm missing something. You seem to have it. You know something. What do you know? Oh, you know Jesus. 
he's at. So it's not about being good. I mean, that's a, that's a byproduct of knowing God, but it's about knowing Jesus. This is the gospel. You don't have to be good to come into a faith relationship with Jesus. You just have to have faith. The grace of God saves you. He told them about the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. Did you see it? That he, he told them both. And what's he tell them? He'll forgive you from your sins. He'll forgive you. And when you're forgiven from your sins, you are saved. You believe in that by faith, you can be saved. Online, you type, I choose Jesus in the comments. By faith. By faith, not because you're good. Because you're not, neither am I really compared to God. He's good. <laughs> saved by faith through grace. Who knew? Peter knew. Cornelius didn't know. He just knew there was something inside him that was dead. And Peter showed him what it was. Oh, and, and then it's crazy. Do you know what Peter said in verse 48? He ordered him to do something. Do you know what he ordered him to do? As soon as the Holy Spirit fell on them and in them, guess what it was? You don't have to guess. So he gave orders, verse 48, for them to be baptized. The very next thing they did after Cornelius and his family were saved, Peter orders it. He doesn't even ask. He's just like, well, if you're up for it. No, no, no. He's like, fill up the tub right now. You got running water? Because if you don't, well, anyway. So fill it up. We're getting you in there. We're getting you baptized. Because this is what Jesus commanded. Jesus said, now it doesn't save you. You got saved when the Holy Spirit entered you. But it's a declaration to say, Jesus, send me. I want to love. I want to live like him. I'll, I'll screw it up, but I want it. I'm part of a church. I'm part of a family. I'm part of a body. I'm not alone. He gives orders. I'm telling you, write baptism on your card, even if you have questions. This, he ordered it. We can't just pray, church. We have to move. And it won't be easy. Here's the, here's the bottom line. I don't want you to miss the miracle. Prayer is where it begins, but it can't end there. They could have prayed, talked to God, listened to God, and still missed the miracle. If Peter doesn't get off the roof and do what he's told, it, it don't happen. If Cornelius doesn't send some guys to Jaffa to get Peter, it don't happen. Don't miss the miracle. God will speak. How? Remember? Circumstances. He'll speak through people. He'll speak through his word. God spoke to me this week. It's crazy. He does a lot. And you know what he told me to do? Something I really didn't want to do. Something that was not easy. Months ago, when we first, I think it was when we first moved into this location. I might have told you this. I can't remember. I, uh, I reached out to the owners, like the, the entity that owns all the property. And I'm like, I was casting vision. I'm like, you don't know me, but... Um, this is who we are. We meet at the location right now. And this is how many people have been saved. And this is how many people are getting baptized. And this is the story of this person and this marriage that got resurrected. And this person that they're, 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 they're fighting from addiction. And this person that they're mentally struggling, but God is doing a miracle in their life. And these people, their kid, their kid was wayward, but now the kid is coming to youth and they're learning about Jesus. And I told them all these stories. And I said, and this is when I thought that we might have the means through, I won't, it's a long story, don't want to bore you, but that we might have the means to even uh, through funding, uh, you know, purchase. And I said, we're looking at maybe purchasing or doing something. And, and I just want you to know who we are and what we're about. And that you guys love the Lord. You're a Christian organization. We love the Lord. We're the bride of Christ. And, and this guy, he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> he's probably thinking, who is this psycho? Yeah, that's me. So 
he, he emails me back. He's like, oh, my, he goes, Monty, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I, I love hearing what God is doing at Meadows in, in the Omaha area. And he said, here's our contact for, you know, our realtor or whatever. And, and uh, he, he just, you know, he was very gracious. So, so that was months ago. So this week, this, okay, and here's how I heard from God. You want to know how I heard? I was going through some old emails. And I came across an email from the, the organization that owns all the property. And it was an email from the president. And it was just a generic Christmas video greeting. So it isn't like it was personalized to a special me. It went to thousands, I'm sure. But I opened it and I'm like, this is way, because I don't even know how I got on the list. Maybe, who knows? But so I get this email. I'm like, how the heck do they even have my email? And it's the president. He's like, hey, Merry Christmas, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and I knew right then, I knew it. I'm supposed to reach out and say something crazy. I don't have a problem doing that. So, but I did not want to reach out to them really because I've already reached out and, you know. So I'm like, well, I've got to be obedient. So I, I type an email to him. And basically what I said is I said, well, I, I said, I already sent an email to this guy, but now I'm sending it to you because I got this email from you. And I just feel like the Lord wants me to send this. And, uh, the, we, you know, I thought we might be able to purchase it, but that's, that, that ain't going to happen. That didn't work. And I, and I said, so I want you to pray about giving it to us. Now I understand something. Understand that months ago, it wasn't under contract or anything. Now it's even, it's almost stupid to even ask that because I know that this is under contract right now with somebody. Like they're in, they're, I don't know where they're at with the, with the sale, but it's under contract. So they're having some serious conversations to the person that's maybe going to buy it. So, so here, what do I put in there? I know you've already probably made a deal with somebody else, but you know what? It's, it's Monty here. So you know what? Just go ahead and give it to us. And, and, and that's what I said. And, it was the, and so the next day, you guys, the next day I get an email, but it's not from the president. It's from the guy that I emailed before from them. And I'm like, oh no, the same guy that I emailed before about it. Now they probably said, hey, this psycho's emailing us again. Dude, you get back to him. I'm not, you know. And I'm like, oh no, this guy, I know this guy. He's already, he already thinks I'm crazy. I'm screwed. So I open it and he's like, and he tells me, he said, hey, Paul would have responded, the president, but his mom uh, died. So he's at her funeral. I said, okay. And, and he says, he said, <laughs> he very gracious, very. And he's like, hey, we got your email. We are under contract with somebody else. So we have to obviously honor that and go through those negotiations and whatever. But, but and I shared more vision. I told him what God is doing. I love sharing stories. And he said, but, but he goes, I want to thank you for emailing and thank you for continually sharing these stories. He goes, God is on the move in your church. And, uh, and, and he uh, sends the email. And I'm like, he probably just thinks I'm crazy. So I email him back and I said, hey, I just want you to know, because you're probably thinking, who is this guy that won't leave us alone? And I said, I said, I want to thank you. I said, I'm praying for Paul. I'm praying for his family. I'm sorry about, to hear about his mom. And I said, just so you know, I'm not some whatever. I said, uh, I said, I didn't want to send the email asking you to give us the property. I said, I said it, was fo it felt foolish typing it. But I said, I knew I could either be foolish or disobedient. And I chose to be foolish. And that's all I know. And I'm not saying that you're supposed to do it. I'm just saying I'm trying to do my part. I don't know what it means. It, it maybe doesn't mean what I think it, it probably doesn't. And he, and he emails back right away and he says, amen. He goes, God, amen, exclamation point. And then he probably blocked me. But anyway, that don't matter. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing doesn't make sense. But I don't care. I want to hear from God. I want God. I don't want to miss the miracles, what I'm trying to say. I don't want to miss it. 
God does miracles. God hands things over. God owns it all. And what's your miracle that you're asking for? I asked you that two weeks ago. What's the miracle? Or was it last week? I can't remember. It's blending together. But I don't want you to miss the miracle. I don't want to miss the miracle. And most people will miss it. Why? They're not looking, and they're not listening, and then they're not moving. If you will make a move, oh my, here it is. Send the email, send the text, make the phone call, do whatever, have the conversation. If you will make the move, I promise you, you will see God move. And I came to tell somebody that our God can move. He can move heaven. He can move earth. He can move mountains. He can part waters. He can take dead things and he can bring them back to life. Can you praise him like you mean it? I mean, can you shout like you mean it? God, we want a miracle. I want a miracle. I want it. I won't apologize for it. I want a miracle in your life. Desperately. I'll pray for you. I'll walk with you. You pray for me. Let's do this together. This Wednesday is huge. God, I hope you can make it to worship and pray with us. I I'm going to close with one verse. By the way, you want to surrender your life to Christ? You want to be, do what Cornelius and his family did? Mark the card. Turn it in. It's not about being good. It's about accepting the grace of God by faith and calling on Jesus to save you and set you free. It's what he wants to do. It's what he died to do. You want to hear from God, church? I'm convinced the reason most people can't do it is because we're cluttered with a bunch of crap. It's busy. It's, it's, it's loud. We're, we're running place to place. We're, and I'm guilty too. I'm fasting from social media. I told you that. It's been such a blessing. It's taught me that I... I got way too, it got way too into it. And it took me away from so many more important things. I, I want you to slow down. I want you to own Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I'm God. You want to hear from God? Be still. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to sing a song and you can just pray by yourself. You can pray with a partner or with somebody next to you. You can pray with the prayer team. They're going to come up here. The, you know what the song is called? Make room. You know what I prayed for you this week? I pray that you and I, right now in this moment, that you wouldn't rush out of here right away, that you would literally take God at his word seriously, and that you would go before the Father. I don't care if you get on your knees. I don't care if you curl up in the fetal position. I don't care what you do. Will you make room in the next four minutes for God to move in your life? Will you be still and know that he is God despite what you're going through? He loves you. God, he loves you. Be still. You'll hear from me, I promise you. Make room for me. I'll enter in. We'll do this together. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, as we worship you, have your way. Do what only you can do. I pray that people will come pray with the prayer team. I pray people will pray in their laps. They might cry. They might weep. I pray they might pray with somebody they don't even know next to them. They'll feel prompted. And it might feel foolish. It might feel stupid. But you know what? I'm learning that many times that's where it has to get before we'll get before you. Get real. Have your way, Father. May we be obedient. May we listen. May you speak. And may we move. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. 
But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.